Welcome back, guys. DGS, a few minutes past 5 p.m. Time for the Think Tank. We have Stacey Washington from Stacey on the Right back with us. Good to see you, Stace. Hello. I, I, it, honestly, I'm not just saying this because you're here. What a dumb thing. What a dumb saying that is. Um, you, it's always a good show when you're here. Oh. Good, always, well, always, always. Really Thank is. You. Yeah, uh, I always get feedback. People are like, do I hear you on Dave Glover? Yeah. Oh, that's my, great. My phone starts going off. I'm like, yes, people are listening. So, uh, Megan McBride is here. Good to see you. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Have we talked about it? Uh, it's been discussed on another radio station. Okay. So, it's certainly not private. Are you comfortable private. with it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you're I'm a month good. away from having your first baby. A month away from first baby. And she looks super exciting. Cute. And her yeah. stomach is super cute. Ready. <laughs> but everything's great. Looking forward to you know enjoying the fall at home with it's perfect. Baby. It's yeah. a perfect time. It It'll really, be really is fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Mike Elam also a month away from having it. Yeah, no. You know, I just look like it. <laughs> Stacy was saying that Mike my tummy overdue. was super cute too. <laughs> it took me a long time to build this one. Yeah, longer than eight months. But uh, you know, funny. I'm kind of committed at this point. <laughs> and so Mike, the pressure's off because since Stacy's here, it's always a good show. Which means <laughs> yeah, we're just going to relax. Hang out. I love that. Going to have a good time. It's great. Fight with herself. <laughs> so, Mike, tell people what you do and all about yourself. So, I'm on county council in St. Charles County. I've been there since uh, April of 2013. Mm. So, luckily, I don't have to run for re-election <laughs> next year. So, <laughs> life is good. Uh, things are quiet out in St. Charles at the moment, knock on wood. So, hopefully, it continues to stay that way. Good, good. All right. Well, let's get started. So, I'm guessing that President Trump should send Justin Trudeau a big bouquet of flowers. <laughs> I mean, right? Does anyone understand this whistleblower stuff? Does anyone understand what the president is really being accused of? Oh, that's funny. Megan and I were just talking before this, and it's like, <laughs> okay, this is this is way too in-depth, and no one's going to care, I, right? I, yeah. I, I literally, I hate to admit this, I read the headline and did not keep reading because I was like, oh, whatever this is, it's far too complex. Like, I mean, if if we couldn't get I people worked exactly up about all the other things that have happened during this presidency, the second I saw the headline, I was like, I I'm, what's Isn't the that point? It was just so sad, I but that same, is just where we are. That's so fascinating. I did exactly the same thing. <laughs> read the headline, read the first paragraph, and I'm like, I'm not going to understand it, so I'm just going to... Let's just keep. Moving, I'm gonna let right? these guys tell me what happened. Well, and it'll it'll be what has been most of the controversies of this presidency, which is insiders talking about it and the rest of the public saying, "Okay, yeah. so what?" Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's just where we are. Yeah. Stace, um, it's cold in the studio. No, I'm sorry. I was <laughs> very talking cold about. In here. No, I'm I'm only saying that because actually it feels great in here. I'm just saying it's like squirrel. What happened? So. Obviously, like I have this article open on my laptop on MSN. And so um, in the words of a famous rep, someone said something somewhere, something happened. Yeah. Okay. So Somebody that's how I feel somewhere. about it. I, I mean, honestly, we've had so many scandals and people are so running around Washington, D.C. right now unaccountable. Like there's a lot of people who've done stuff that if it were 25 years ago, they'd be in jail someplace, or at the very least, they would have suffered some fines and some public vilification. No one is getting prosecuted right now. No one's getting prosecuted for anything. In fact, <laughs> I think it's probably a symptom of the fatigue that you were just describing, Megan. So we're just tired. And so for me, if bombs weren't dropped, nobody died, why am I reading this? Like, why Why am I? And, and I know there are serious things, and I do actually believe in the rule of law, but this one didn't really pique my interest. I... I, so I heard about it on the radio. Mm -hmm. I was driving along 
And then I literally start thinking about something that I just ordered and wondered if it was at home. <laughs> you know how it's like when you get home, you pull in the driveway, and as you go up into the garage, you look and you're like, there's a box, and you get all excited. Oh, good. Amazon That's, was Yeah, here. I was just thinking, I wonder if my box is on the front door. And then I stopped thinking about it. And, yeah. and the radio host was still talking about it. So I'm, I'm pretty good about this stuff. Like, I usually can have my interest. I can get into it. I can right. understand it. I don't care. Well, it's it's exhausting now, right? To, if you do read it and you find yourself infuriated by it and then you realize there will be no consequences for this anyways, it's like, why am I expending my energy over and over again caring about something that is just going to be old news in 24 hours? And, you know, I think that's really the point. <clears throat> that's the point that should interest people is... I don't remember the last time there were consequences mm-hmm. that uh, it, for for either side. Mm-hmm. You know, you have people who are subpoenaed, which as a former attorney used to mean something, mm-hmm. and now it you can just scary. just go play golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one, no one's going to come get you. And if you do show up, like Corey Lewandowski, you can say I'm not going to say anything, and people will bitch and moan, but nothing's going to happen. Right? I mean, they're just. It's You're right, there's no consequences. You know, it's just all spectacle. And meanwhile, you know, normal folks, we're just all trying to get through our day and get Who through the week. Who do have and, consequences? Right. They'll come take your TV yeah. if you don't pay it off. Right. <laughs> I mean, so it's just... Or they'll levy, like, those garnishments if you don't pay your taxes. I mean, it's serious business for us regular people. And I also felt like, um, speaking of Corey Lewandowski, that, that hearing... So I was so entertained by him. I've interviewed him on the radio before, and he's actually genuinely a nice person. I've actually seen him at Trump, D.C. He was sitting there having dinner with David Bossy or whatever mm-hmm. that guy's name is, and he they were just like regular people. And I was like, hey, look at him eating food like a regular person. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he Yeah, he eats food. He's like sitting there in a regular <laughs> chair. So he he was, to me, what was so glorious about him and his attitude was that he was channeling me in those moments where Sheila Jackson Lee is not asking a question. She really was ranting. She was playing to the cameras, trying to get a moment that would then get her some hits on CNN or or MSNBC. And I feel like a lot of them don't take their job seriously enough for me to take them seriously when they subpoena someone, which is supposed to be serious. Mm -hmm. So if no one's going to be serious, I'm darn well going to think about my Amazon package. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got stuff to do. I got kids and a husband and we have a dog also. So this is serious business at my house. It know? was funny at that moment though. I mean, she she goes through this whole rant yeah. and then it's like um, the general woman's tired time has expired, but the witness <laughs> can answer great. the question. He's like, I don't think there was a question. She was like, there was a question. Yeah. And he was and like, he's like, was I don't, there? I don't think there was. I mean, yeah. I, I think you basically hate me and you just yelled at me for yeah. your full five minutes. Thanks. Next. Like, mm-hmm. let's just keep moving along. She but got I, the straight up nagging wife Husband treatment, you know, like you're in there ranting and you think you're making a point and your husband's waiting for do this or stop doing that. That's all they're waiting for. Well, so. the husband who's been married for any length of time at all, especially when your wife is eight months pregnant, if she's <laughs> mad about something, you let her go, talk mm-hmm. herself out and shut up because but then you there wait to is hear, no win. Do this What's or don't do that because that's all you guys are waiting that's for. It. Yeah. Once you've been married for a couple, three, two, whatever decades, you'll say instead of ranting at him, I'm just going to say. In a text message, will you please or will you no longer please? And you get results. Well, I've been works. married for 28 Good years. Marriage. My yeah. wife hasn't caught on to that one yet. Oh, so, I've been married I, I for 23 years. Ranting. And I can tell you, it's, it, the text messaging is it's a godsend. Groups, group chat, the daughter will say, Dad, you've forgotten to 
he gets it done. I get back home. I'm like, what happened? Oh my gosh. So what, what you're saying is Congress should be a giant public group chat. And <laughs> yeah. maybe well, we'll get we can somewhere. have hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Some incredible. of us would get to text directly. <laughs> Some of us would have to text into a subgroup, but we can get some stuff done. Yeah. No more ranting though. I'd kind of like to get back to your Justin Trudeau thing that you started Let's off do. with. At least oh. that's surprising. Well, At least that's interesting. <laughs> here's, I'm interested from a standpoint of because we just had the whole thing with uh, our Supreme Court justice has another um, uh, innuendo that's made against him that happened when he was in college. And I'm I'm starting to wonder, at what point is there a statute of limitations that said, hey, guess what? When I was younger, I did some stupid stuff, but that's not me now. Can we move on? Or maybe you didn't, and people are just wanting their however many minutes of fame because as a woman— I know that sexual harassment's real, rape is real. Uh, you know, there are bad people out there, but the majority of men are not sexual harassers and rapers. And this idea that they're just going to wear Kavanaugh down with these accusations, instead of bringing something real, they're just going to do the water drop method and oh, wear yeah. the stone down. They're going to put a crack in him by dripping water on him. Another allegation, another allegation. They're trying to Herman Cain him. They're trying to lynch him. And uh, for most women in America who we know what sexual harassment is, we know what date rape is. We know what all that is. This is ridiculous. It's a distraction and it demeans actual victims. It demeans actual violent assault. And what we have to do is we can't allow it. He's already been torn down. He's already had his life materially impacted by someone saying to him, you know what? You might make a great Supreme Court judge. We're going to put you on a list. And one day you might actually get to try out for this job. And just by trying out for it, his his whole family, his daughters. I mean, can you imagine having kids that age learning the kinds of things about this is supposed to be truth about their father? Right. The, the, the girls that he coached learning this about their coach. And it's not even true. We have nothing that's substantiated. So, you know, I, I know how, what it's like to lose. I know what it's like to hear the word no. I know what it's like to have something that I desperately want to happen, not happen, and to have it be public. But it doesn't mean I'm going to tantrum about it for the next 18 months or two years. I'm going to let it go and move on. There's a battle I can win after this. I'm losing this one. I'm going to win something else. And I feel like the Democrats and the people who hate Judge Kavanaugh have to admit that he's sitting on that Supreme Court Mm -hmm. and they're not getting him off. And so they might as well move on. And if he if he did do it, if the allegation is true, it's still to me an all time low for journalism with The New York Times, the way they did it. It, it it makes it seem not true. If if I hated Kavanaugh mm-hmm. and I really thought he was a molester, yeah, the way that they rolled this out would make me question that because well, it because, was just so sketch. Because if you hate him and you really want to get rid of him, you want a actual shot that hits the target and he's down. You want a clear shot that's a double tap. You don't want to just graze his shoulder and then have to go back and reload and set up again. So I'm it's a little ridiculous. concerned that she knows a lot about this terminology. And I'm really close to her right <laughs> yeah, now. She had a little bit of firearms she, training. She started doing the whole double tap. I'm, range I'm within time, range right, right now. Range Here we time go. might be a thing. Yeah, I'm. I'm concerned that people aren't making that delineation, Dave. You know, so I've had moments where I'm like, how could she be a Supreme Court justice? But if I wanted to take her down, I wouldn't want it to be me scraping at the heel of her $900 boot. I want to take her down. Maybe. That's but not I think here. most people are where you are because is this really getting that much play? No. 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 And, and everyone knows how hard is it actually to remove a Supreme Court justice from Very. the bench. I mean, <laughs> and that's, again, we. I feel like I always use the term common sense when I'm on this panel. There is no common sense left anymore. On either side and both sides 
are constantly finding things to do the trickle attack like you're talking about. I mean, it happened to President Obama for eight years, and it's now happening to people who are in power on the conservative yeah, side. Yeah, but we and didn't go impeachment with Obama. Happens. We never, ever talked about impeaching him. Well, it was you like did talk the, about it. No I, one just ever actually did it. No, but, I mean serious discussions that happen in Congress. Of course, Ninkum poops out in the world are going right, to talk about it impeaching him. But it was discussed. And, and, oh, no. Not not like this. Not hearings. Not subpoenas. Not impaneling. Not, not what we're seeing now. Yeah. The impeachment furor is simply a fantasy that we're watching people walk out. It's as if I said to you, hey, Megan, I'm pregnant, too. And then I put on some attorney gear and put a pillow under my dress and I'm walking around going, what month are you? What month am I? That would not pass. A pillow is not going to compare to your glorious bump. And it's the same thing with this. This impeachment fantasy doesn't compare with the truth of Nixon almost, you know, he was on doorstep. Well, of being and I think though, that they, what you're what you're seeing though with people talking about impeachment of Kavanaugh and Trump are two very very different things. Mm. Uh, clearly, I mean, Both there was fantasies. there was an entire investigation, but President with Trump was information gathered. Yeah, but he was exonerated. But at by least that. there was an investigation. One is my point. To, to your point is that this thing with Kavanaugh, it was like a story that you read and you go, "Wait, what did I just read? And why was no, this?" No, they written? had Christine Blasey Ford, and she was given a lot of credence. And for a while, people were really trusting that she was telling the truth. And there were others who said horrible things about him. Well, and by the way, people are still national. allowed to believe that she was telling the truth, whether or not there were ever actually any hard evidence i think everyone has a right to their opinion on that situation everyone got to watch that well, hearing I mean, and say what do i take away from that and who do i believe i mean so but listen on the belief point i understand where you're coming from but i tend to be of the older school which may not be as in vogue um you're you're younger than me clearly and i can tell you this is your first child i have three two in college I'm what I'm saying is if I were to say to you, I can fly, open that window and jump out, I can believe it with all my heart. But we know gravity is more real than my belief. I am not believing something that is true. And I think it's dangerous for us when we get to a place in society where we allow people to say things like pornography doesn't hurt men's view of women when we have clear empirical evidence that it does. It changes men's view of women. Into well, I'm really happy to tool. hear that you're into science because well, most Republicans uh, actually, aren't. Actually, so we are. But really I'm, surprising. I'm also cool. a Bible-believing Christian. Before you get too enamored, you might not want to be my fan. But what I'm saying is the truth is the truth, no matter what you believe. And it's dangerous for us to validate people not believing the truth. I wouldn't want someone to say about me, I heard she did X and it's not true. And for them to still believe it, I want them to believe the truth. The truth matters. It has is of importance. And when we all believe the truth, it makes everything else more clear. A right, quick break right back with uh, more of the Think Tank after this. Welcome back, guys. DGS, the Think Tank. We have Mike Elam. We have Megan McBride. We have Stacey Washington. Um... Where do you want to go from here? Um, Trudeau and his blackface self. Yeah, help me out. <laughs> help me out with this. So, okay, he was supposed to be Obama's, like they were bros from yeah. another mom and right, all that right. stuff. But dude, the picture of him, he's got... So first of all, let's, before I even launch off into tearing him a new one, um, blackface is where you paint your face black and then you put on a wig or something or a scarf and you're mocking black people and it's to give a comical representation to black people that is demeaning to them where like Halloween costumes where let's say you might be Beyonce and I might be Princess Leia and I put on some lighter makeup so I can be Princess Leia because she's white and I'm black and you put on a little bit of tan, you know, uh, Chanel or whatever to, to cut, make your face a little more tan because Beyonce is light skinned. That is not a mockery of Beyonce. That is you basically paying homage to someone who's beautiful that you want to be on Halloween. So I want to make that delineation because a lot of people will say, 
well, she was dressed up like, you know, he was dressed like Michael Jackson. Well, that's not blackface. You don't hate Michael Jackson. You're not mocking him. But if you have the Sambo red lips, you know, the the clown hair or some kind of afro that is clearly you're mocking black people, maybe the overalls, that's demeaning and it's racist. So it's kind of shocking for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm normally not surprised, but I was surprised when Sarah Silverman, the pictures of her emerged because she's really supposed to be so down for the cause, you know, whatever. Then you've got Trudeau. And he actually has never addressed this before. It's like he's so cool. He gets a pass. I don't think so. He needs to be hammered hard. And I do think it's funny. He's made so much fun of President Trump, who has never been caught in blackface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? You, Nothing. You think, so you think he'll just survive because he's cool? Well, and I, handsome? Think, Nothing I think will happen. from what I've seen, he issued an apology pretty immediately. said, you know, I didn't at the time realize that that was racist. Whatever you want to say about that. That is his... <laughs> statement um that's not who i am anymore i think my actions of who i am now reflect i was young i was da, da, da. The, frankly the same thing everyone who gets caught doing something uses as an excuse right, mm-hmm. right? and right. do we all agree the same way you know everybody that you change as you get older and that you can be uh, remorseful and realize that what you did was wrong and do you let it go or do you get hammered and in, into eternity i think it's um It'll be I interesting to, to see. I don't journey. really know much about like Canadian culture, except for they're very nice. <laughs> um, so I'm really actually interested to see if like the Canadian culture handles this differently than we maybe would here in the States. I mean, I think to the governor of Virginia's situation, you know, recently, by the way, that feels like a decade ago. I'm pretty sure it was all within this last year. Yeah, it was right. right? Yeah. Um, and was he recent. got he got caught in a, a similar predicament and a lot of people call for him to step down. His actual voters, they didn't care. They're like, we don't want you to go anywhere. And and a large amount of his base was African American, Mm -hmm. and they in polling said, "Eh, we don't really care because you're better for us than the other. Whatever you want to say. My point is, is that was talk about truth. I mean, that's what the polling showed there. If he was a Republican, he would have been drummed out of office, but he wasn't probably. Um, But he's he's a Democrat, and so he gets a pass because just like black black. Democrats and white Democrats get a pass when they tell me I'm an Uncle Tom or an Angie Mama because I'm a Republican, just like they feel they have that right. White people who are Democrats feel they have the right to lecture me about who I voted for or signs I put in my yard. That right is given to Democrats. Well, I'm not talking about I'm that. Not, I'm, I'm not, talking about the, the fact that the point is he, he got the, away with it. The and people get to will get away with how they too. react to it. And on, so, my, on my personal side, I actually think if you're doing something in your 20s and then later your record is one that kind of is the antithesis to what you did in your 20s. 20s that that's a legitimate thing for you to say hey look I was an idiot like most of us were in our 20s this is how I learned my point is not that he should be run out of town on a rail my point is that the standard is different for Democrats and Republicans and if we're going to give Trudeau the benefit of the doubt and accept his apology all I'm saying is the next time someone who's a Republican has something like this come out they should receive the same treatment I'm I'm not into hanging people for stuff they did in their 20s. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, unless, you know, you embezzled a million bucks and got away with it. I mean, you know, statute unless of limitations. Unless you actually committed a crime. Yeah, right, actual right. crime. But these things are, they're thought crimes, they're social faux pas. They do matter. They do inform us, but they do not determine the trajectory of someone's life going forward. And all I want to see is for people to have the same attitude towards both. You were talking about both sides getting away with, with different things. But I, I saw of quite a few people during the first year of, President Trump's administration get prosecuted, General Flynn, a few others come to mind, and they were prosecuted for things like lying to Congress. 
we know that some Democrats who are currently in the public sphere have lied to Congress as well, and they're not being subpoenaed and they're not being prosecuted. So I would like to see equal justice under the law, the thing that the Constitution guarantees. We are not one of those countries where a king decides who gets prosecuted and who doesn't. And so that means if you're guilty of something, you need to at least be brought to justice. If you're acquitted, if you get away with it that way, you know, that's the justice system. But this thing with Trudeau, it's going nowhere because he's popular and Democrats here in this country love him. And speaking to your question about Canadians, I have a good friend who is biracial. Her name is Kira Davis. She writes for Red State. She's one of their um, their editors. And she her mom is Canadian. And she grew up in a teeny tiny little town of like a couple thousand people. And she was called racial slurs all the way through grade school. And she was so glad when her mom moved them to a bigger part, a bigger city in Canada. So they do have the same things we all have. They have the same same stuff going on up there that we have down here. Let's go back to what you said at first about blackface, because while I agree with you about the uh, look, I'm a minstrel. I think we all agree with that. Mm -hmm. But if. My 14-year-old Phoebe, who I don't think would ever think of this, but if she said, hey, I'm going to go to a party as Beyonce because she's my favorite, mm-hmm. I would not let her. I would shut that down in a second because I feel like that has now become, whether you call it cultural appropriate, whatever it is, it's just like you cannot depict yourself in any way for any reason as anything other than what you are. Or an alien. You know, like you could be an alien for Halloween, but you right. can't be right. the person in the movie. For example, like yeah. with, with SNL, um, <clears throat> going back to the 70s when John Belushi was the samurai tailor. Right. <laughs> you couldn't do that. No. You couldn't do that. Well, you have the SNL writer who just got fired for making a Asian joke and doing this whole routine. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and then you have people like Dave Chappelle who came out and said, look, we're taking this way too far where this guy just lost his big break in his career over a joke. And as Megan was saying, it wasn't even a funny joke. So it was it was racist, but it it wasn't if you're gonna be racist, at least be funny, I guess. Yeah, it's kinda of where we're at. But I feel like um, we're all finding the plane is sort of riding itself. We're finding our equilibrium. What is okay, what's not okay, what are you gonna lose your job for? What are you not gonna lose your job for? I agree with you, Stacy, that I think it should be okay to uh, dress yourself as someone who you are paying homage to. It's it's Halloween. I wouldn't, I wouldn't People do are it, doing that for fun. But it's I wouldn't costume. do it for a million dollars. Yeah. No. You know? well, no, and so, I, Dave, the point you're making is one that it's, it's super important because with our kids, we want to protect them. And what you're saying is you would protect Phoebe, even though her friends might see it and go, oh, my gosh, you look amazing. You know, right. Are you Beyonce? Right. And she'd yep. say, yeah, you know, it'd be fun. But a picture of that 10 years from now could get her fired. Yeah. So you can't do it anymore. But who's placing these boundaries on us? Well, I think, I mean, this is what happens, right? Culture changes. It shifts over time. We, not necessarily every single one of us in a room, we, the greater collective, decide decade after decade after decade, how have we shifted and what is appropriate to us now, what's not. Um, I think where it is different, which was what we were talking about off air, is when you look at arts and you look at comedy. That is very hard to draw a line and say right versus wrong. Comedy is always going to push the boundaries, right? We hope. Geniuses, Eddie Murphy, like they've all said and done things that now they would not be allowed to get away with. And so I think that there is going to be a reckoning kind of in culture that if we still want to have right. great comedy, great arts, life. great right. entertainment, we have to be willing to have a little more of an I open mind. I think Dave mind. Chappelle's special is actually 
the beginning of the pendulum it is amazing it was amazing it was wonderful it was brilliant it was thoughtful it was smart and it was funny yeah as opposed to this guy from saturday Night live i mean yeah. i listened to the clip it wasn't thoughtful yeah. it wasn't brilliant it didn't push the boundaries and it wasn't funny should he have gotten fired for it i, I don't, don't know so. but he I, wasn't really I, funny I, anyway I so we also have to i would like to get back to the concept of acknowledging that we are different we have different cultures celebrating them and being able to emulate them for example uh, i'm not a woman and i have no fashion sense but if a female were to wear a dress that had some sort of an asian type neck if like a celebrity they'd get crushed they would just get crushed and that, but that seems is so, so silly silly oh my so goodness dumb. so in the it's called the mandarin collar and if you go to eshakti.com and you look at the dresses on there, if a dress doesn't have a low-cut neckline on the actual picture and you go down to customize it, one of the options is you can give a dress a mandarin collar. And I think I have a couple of dresses at home that have a mandarin collar. Me too. And I, you know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's the kind of freedom we should have here in this country. You should have it. I should have it. Why, why is that a problem? Like, and so what has to happen is someone has to say, you're wearing a mandarin collar and I can't believe you're doing that. And the other person has to say, I'm wearing it because I do what I want when I want. And when you buy my dresses, I'll wear the collars you pick. Now yeah. beat it. That's yeah. what we have to do. Well, I do think it, it, with fashion, it is a little bit more that way. It Fashion's always art. It's always going to be influenced by things that people enjoy, find inspiring, like about one culture versus another. I think when it comes to actual cultural appropriation, what you're talking about is similar to the distinction you made between blackface and dressing and costume, right? Are you taking something that is culturally significant, some kind of traditional dress, and are you using it to either make light, make a mockery, I'm or an otherwise. Of that. And that is a, a big difference between yeah. saying, I'm inspired by the neckline right. of a kimono. And saying, I'm going to wear this piece that is, you know, spiritually, religiously, culturally significant in a in an act or a joke against a culture, right? Quick break. Right back with the uh, thing on DGS. Welcome back, DGS. Mike Elam, Megan McBride, Stacey Washington. We're talking about uh, the ever-changing rules on cultural appropriation, things like that. And uh, you can say this word, you can't say that word. And and it it is tough, and it is a fine line, because it was, God, five years ago, maybe, that I would have used the word retarded <laughs> and not even thought about it. Right. right. And then someone sent me an email and said my daughter would be considered this because of her disability. And uh, every time you say it, it is like a punch in the gut. Done. Get it. Didn't think of it that way. Got it. Mm -hmm. But then there are other things, like we're just talking about with, you know, you know, like you're issued your your fashion wear, like, okay, Stacey, you cannot go outside these lines, and Megan, you cannot go outside these <laughs> lines. That, to me, seems so dumb. And it's like... Letting a four-year-old run your house, like yeah, you know, a stranger's four-year-old. Yes, it's yeah. like like once you let the four-year-old dictate their bedtime and they can eat cookies any time they want, and you say yes to them, you're not getting that back. And I feel like that's what we've done in our culture is we've let four-year-olds say this hurts my feelings, and we all went. Oh my God, we're so sorry. We'll never let it happen again. Yeah. And now we're having trouble taking that back. Well, but it also, I mean, it says something about the person who allows the other people to dictate that. Do you really care that much about, you know, what other people are Great thinking question. about you? Mm -hmm. I mean, I spend a lot of time t thinking to myself, <coughs> particularly amongst the far left, does this really impact your life? 
that <laughs> much? And what do you have going on that you have all this time to be that offended, to be that concerned? Mm. A lot of people need to just focus back on their on what they yeah. have going on because it's really hard for me to comprehend that you could have this much free time to be offended by every single thing. Like I think people are so consumed with what others think about them, how they're presented, what they look like as opposed to who they are. And they let that drive them. And I think our country would be much better off if we all accept, you know what? I'm not going to like everybody. Everybody's not going to like me. Uh Some people are going to offend me. I'm going to offend others. And we actually go back to a place of what is a clear line of where you should be held accountable for your actions and where shouldn't you, Uh right? Wisdom coming hard on the side of the table. I just want to point this out because it was a really important, I I heard someone else make this comparison and I, I was like, this is real conversation Mm -hmm. we're talking about comedians we're talking about saturday night live meanwhile most of this country worships the nfl and we regularly have players in the nfl who do far worse things than say a bad joke and they don't get an ounce of punishment even if they're found guilty under the law for assaulting people right so maybe everyone should take a deep breath and say what are we really offended by? Mm-hmm. What's really a problem? What actually impacts other people? And what just maybe makes you look stupid? And mm-hmm. and I'll just say three things coming over from the Washington Wisdom Corner. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell the kids, I even tell myself, number one, worry about yourself. If you can worry about yourself, you'll be so busy, you won't have time to worry about the other people. Number two, put your phone down, put your laptop, shut it, go outside. Breathe the beautiful air. Be grateful that you're alive and get some sun into you because there's actual documentation now that we're supposed to get 150 minutes of outside time and it would make all of us calmer, nicer people. And then number three, um, worry about yourself. I'm sorry I have to say it twice, but people just don't get it. If people were worrying about themselves, they wouldn't have time to be worried about what color or what, you know, and there are things that are important. Like you said, the person contacted you about using the word retarded. And my husband and I have been binge watching this show from the 80s and 90s. It's called LA Law. And in that television show back then on regular network television, Mm -hmm. they said the N-word. They didn't say the N-word. They said the actual word multiple times per show. Um, They said the word retarded to describe one of the main characters who was mentally, um, you know, he was was, uh, back in those days, what you would call retarded. And the language that they used wasn't offensive at all. But our daughter, our 16-year-old, came over. We're watching it. And she said, I heard them use the word retarded a few times. And that is not the correct term for people like that. And she said, it just, that kind of stabs me when I hear that. And I was like, really? And she said, yeah, that's not the way we describe people like that because that hurts them and it, it shouldn't be okay. And my husband and I looked at each other and I was like, you know, this is this is like decades later it's different that's the word we used back then now we don't anymore if you really want to get a nice barometer of how far we have moved go watch on youtube or something one of the dean martin roast oh like when don rickles would come on i so i i don't know why it came up. i was watching a youtube video and when i finished that video for some reason one of those came up Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh wow don rickles he was so funny Mm -hmm. and i started watching some of these and i started binge watching some of them and I am sitting there watching this thinking, there is no way this guy would survive mm. today. Mm-mm. I mean, Nipsey Russell is on that panel, mm-hmm. and he keeps making black jokes to, to Nipsey Russell. And Nipsey's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, no. We were t- thicker-skinned. Oh, we were, and, but it was Italian also... Italian jokes, But also Jewish other jokes, things that jokes. were wrong, people got away with then, right? Things just change things do shift like we are at a different place in this country than we were in the 60s when we thought segregation 
was okay, or at least we allowed our institutions to pretend it was okay. So we have to accept that it is as institutions change, as we broaden our awareness as a culture, things are going to shift, but we have to let that be fluid as opposed to getting so hyper-focused on, oh my gosh, what is the shift right now? Like, it's always going to move, and we just have to be open to it. Yeah, it's like, whether it's with yourself, that I want to lose a little weight, and next thing you know, you're underweight, or it's in a relationship. We're always overcorrecting. And in society, I think that we're just figuring this out, that, you know what, we probably shouldn't use these words, and suddenly you can't use any words, Mm -hmm. and now we're sort of kind of finding the middle, I would hope. I'm not even sure why I'm telling this story, but we're just kind of talking about race and and such i saw the most interesting thing this morning i was at a qt getting gas and coffee and it was not in a what i would think of as a predominantly african-american neighborhood but about three-fourths of the people there were black and a black guy pulls up in this uh shiny red camaro with the loudest rap music ever and every other word is the n-word so as a white guy, I'm just standing there thinking, well, he has every right in the world to play that music. And that's, his, you know, I'm just <laughs> like all sheepish and <laughs> <Dave>. stuff. <laughs> the the black people, when he walked in, went after him. Like there, there was this my age-ish black guy and his wife, and they called him a fool. And they're like, <laughs> wow. what are you doing? Do you realize how ridiculous you look right now? It was like from a movie or something. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was really something. Okay, well that's how I, that's how I feel about it. Um so the thing with the music is so you know that's when you realize you're getting old because <laughs> you'll be you know, we're in the minivan, we're on our way back from vacation and um my husband's like, Stacy, I need you to DJ because he's tired of driving and I don't want to drive, so I'll DJ. So I'm like putting up songs that are songs that we listen to in our twenties and mm-hmm. he literally We'll, we'll be sitting there, you know, you're kind of bobbing your head a little, and then they start singing, and you're like, and I, so I'm trying to hit pause, because we have teenagers, they know everything, yeah. but it's like, and the, then they're in the back smiling, and I look back there, and they're like, so that's what you listen to, is it? That's what you're that's Love what you bobbing your head to. So we do change, we see things differently. When we get older, we're like, oh, that maybe that wasn't as cool as I thought it was, but I, we just need to be tougher. Yeah. I, I, I'm... Mental toughness is a thing and we need it. If, without it, we are weak and easily susceptible and easily pushed around. And I don't want us to be those people. More Think Tank right after this. Welcome back. Mike Elam, Megan McBride, Stacey Washington, uh, Think Tank here. So let's talk. Uh, we haven't talked a lot of actual politics. Let's let's do that. 2020. So the reason, like I would say, the reason we play Sweet 16 is you play the game and you get to the end. You're like, oh, maybe that is the best rock song of all time. And the reason you have this agonizing process of the campaign <laughs> is the the people who shouldn't be there fall out. And now it appears that it is Biden still, according to a Fox News poll with double digit lead over Bernie and then um, a surging Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Um, <laughs> first of all, I just have to say that Joe Biden's corn pop story is the single best story ever told in the history of the world. It was the most amazing four minutes of video I'd ever seen. <laughs> and uh, in spite of all of his corn pops and his gaffes and, and, and his stumbling and his teeth literally falling out <laughs> during the debate, no one seems to be able to catch him. Thoughts? No, because, look, again, we're... <laughs> 
the ridiculousness that we are now conditioned to accept as normal over the last few years. It's very hard to look at Joe Biden for a voter who is truly unhappy with Trump and say, you're not a better alternative than what I'm uh, frustrated with over here. I mean, that's just the reality um, that we're all facing. Our standards have shifted to a place that most of us don't even know what they are anymore, right? So things that are traditionally gaffes or would make you look bad, I think most people, it's like the headlines. It's like, oh, whatever. You know, that is the least of my concerns and the least of my worries now. Um, I think particularly for Democratic primary voters, at the end of the day, they are more concerned with the substance and the ability to beat Trump. And that's what people are going to stay focused on. Um, But I still think it is still very early. A lot of folks aren't really still watching all of these debates because it's exhausting to watch that many people up there. Um, And I think it's going to be after the holidays that we really get a sense of where people are going. So as a Democratic strategist, at this point, still early, do you feel that Sanders, I'm sorry, I, I, I discount Sanders. I don't think he'll be the guy. I think Warren could be, though. Do you think Warren can win? I think that it depends on how she performs early in the primaries and how she's there. Everyone's message shifts for the general, right? Whether it, it just does. And you say certain things in the Democratic primary process because you're talking about the issues that those voters are concerned about. And then you switch the message that you're you're talking to the broader base. So what she does in the early primaries and how she starts to transition that message, I think determines her electability, yeah, not I necessarily just, right now. What I, I know about pivots. her. That's what, the thing that I'm wondering about a lot of these people. I mean, I, I get Biden and he's, you know, uncle Joe, whatever. I, I do find it really funny that, you know, where we are in politics today is everything that we've heard that's wrong and you have to get away from is old white guys. And then who are the leaders of everything? Old white guys. I mean, well, you, you have Trump, Sanders. Have with, with Joe, it's... It, with, <laughs> and with I Joe appreciate Biden, that as an old white stability. guy. That works for me. It's stability. That's what Joe Biden, I think, really brings to the table. What so many people are really craving in the Democratic Party is someone who has a record, someone who knows how to work in government, someone who a 40 has year a record history. That's kind of evolving. I mean, so Joe Biden, is he's been for and against everything. And he, he's been in politics that, so long. But that's what happens when you've been in office for so long. You it, do grow and you do change. But I, I, as there's growth and to, then there's flopping. To he's, he's basically trying to be more progressive than he really is. And I would have a lot more respect for what he's putting forward as a candidate if he was who he really is I he's disagree. a moderate democrat well, I compared to the, the definitely rest of the, running as a moderate democrat i don't think so he's he's, he's for, coming out for positions that are he's definitely not, not for his abolishing own. private health insurance which is what the progressives in this race are for that's what bernie and elizabeth are for i mean he is the moderate and i don't think he's running away from that at all i think he's actually saying it's okay to be that person and that's what we have to do to actually get some change so but again i just think everyone who's saying they know anything right now they're full of it. No one knows anything right now. I do think that it's going to be very hard to chip away at that lead that he has because he has a base of Democratic voters who trust him, who don't care about the gaffes, who know that his record has evolved because he's evolved and you evolve over time. And they want the stability that he brings to the table. What do you make, um, Stacey or Mike, of the Fox News poll that came out today showing that the top four people beat Trump handily and he doesn't get more than 40% against anybody. Yeah. 98% chance he's going to lose. He's going to have an electoral college blowout. Hillary Clinton's going to win with all of the electoral college votes except like 23. Remember those polls? 
Um, I, th- I think there are some concerns with President Trump, and I see him moving to shore up those concerns with some of his most recent um, you know, announcements coming out of the White House. But I just want to share a little bit. Um, so you've got the re-election campaign manager, which is Brad Parscale over at you know Trump 2020, and they did the demographics on the President Trump rally in New Mexico. It was 45,000 people registered for tickets. 94% of those from were from within New Mexico. 78% of them matched to the voter profile. 20% of them plus were voting in one or zero of the last four elections. And then 52% were male, 48% female, 40% were Latino. And 31% of the people who were there were Democrats. The RNC has raised a record amount of funds, which is normal for the party that's sitting in the White House, but they're even above that with $53.8 million in cash on hand. And I can tell you from my own personal perspective, I think that if it's Biden, which is what it looks like, he and Donald Trump on a stage together, if we thought we saw sparks flying when President Trump said you'd be in jail, it's going to be coming from both sides. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be one of the best debates we've ever seen in our lives. Yeah. And you're right. People are going to, Megan, vote for, if you're a Democrat, you're going to vote for your candidate. But I think there are people out there who are in the middle and those are the ones that President Trump is clawing for. Of course, Biden will want them too. And there's a certain illegitimacy for me because I've gone back and watched the video, the YouTube. I've, I've got, done some research on Biden. And for me, there are some positions he held in the past that were honorable that he could hold on to that he's letting go of now. And then there's some areas where he has to hew to the left because that's where the Democrats are. He has to actually be the standard bearer for the party. But that position is not one that's held by people in this particular part of the country. We're in the Midwest and we're not uh, like cavemen, but we definitely have some values that if Joe Biden has to represent the current slate of Democrats under Nancy Pelosi's rule, he's going to be too far to the left to attract enough people from the middle. And personally, I don't want to see someone take over when the economy is doing well, when our foreign policy is, is kind of correcting, when things are going in a way that I would hope they would go, especially if we're comparing it to what it would be if it were Hillary Clinton. So... Well, assuming it's Biden, just for thought experiment, he almost has to pick a farther left VP because there's no one who's not. Who do you think it's going to be, Harris? Well, I would think he's going to try to make a deal with Warren because he needs that side. And I think I think Warren actually is going to be the nominee for the Democratic Party. And I think that. Well, here's why. And so you talk about these are our top three, right? With Bernie, Elizabeth, Warren and uh, Biden. Mm -hmm. But the only reason that Warren or Sanders aren't beating Biden right now is they're splitting the vote. One of them is going to drop out when one of them goes away. That is all going to coalesce under one of them. One of the things that Elizabeth Warren learned from Hillary Clinton is don't tick off Bernie Sanders voters. Hillary Clinton didn't learn that. If she would have reached out to Bernie's voters, she would be president today. But because she ticked them off, they said, forget you. I'm not coming out and I'm not voting for you. So they stayed away. I think uh, a lot of those middle of the road Democrats are going to end up trying to figure out, can they swallow Elizabeth Warren and can they deal with that? Mm -hmm. But to win the nomination this year, I don't think Biden is going to have the staying power to get there. And I think when these people start falling out and you have so many Mm -hmm. far left candidates and they they can't seem to get 
far enough to the left in many of these things. I mean, you talk about the three candidates. Remember, there's like 15 others Mm -hmm. that are still out there. You add up all those little fragmentations of percentages. You put them all behind Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. All of a sudden, they blow Joe Biden away. I mean, Biden continues to slip a little more and a little more. He's a pretty steady mid-20s, and that's kind of where he's at. I don't know if there's enough of the... Hobbling it all together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, don't, but, but, I don't know if there's enough hardcore Democrat our... Party that's going to come out and support um, moderate Joe because I don't, none of them seem sold on him. But You're you right, have to think about, though, choice, like but... when you talk about a national poll in September of 2019 versus what happens when people actually start voting in primaries, right? right? So you have people voting in Iowa. Okay. And if you get the momentum from Iowa and you get in New Hampshire and you get in South Carolina, Iowa and South Carolina, two places Joe Biden going to do pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. That momentum starts to roll. National polls start to change. Right. So that's the other thing we're talking about, looking at what's going to happen. And then you talk about what actually happens when votes start being cast. And that's mm-hmm. a whole different ball game than who got, you know, the gaffe on the CNN debate last week and who had their five minutes on MSNBC. So and you're saying when, when real people Trump. start watching, because right now it's just us. Well, you know, and when, when people yeah. are starting to actually cast their vote, not based on what's entertaining to them and not what they like to hear and what they're watching of well, when I have to Trump. make my decision. It's exactly Trump what happened with Trump. Until people All the voting. debates, it was a mess. I mean, the same well, when, thing when happened. When the big people fell out. Then all of well, a sudden, think about when Barack Obama pulled away, right? No one actually really thought like they're like, oh, he's he's a great speaker. Look how eloquent this senator from Illinois is. Right. No, you're right. And all then, my Democrat friends were behind Hillary at that point. Right. right. And, yeah. and I mean, people start voting because what we're seeing on the national stage versus what these candidates are actually doing in Iowa right now are two very different things. Mm-hmm. And that work is what gets you results, so not what the noise not, is. It, it can't be Warren. You just don't see I that. Don't, I'm not saying it can't be. I'm saying what they're all doing on the ground, talking to voters in Iowa right now, I think is much more important than what we're all seeing on a CNN debate. So let me right get now. back to one thing, because you asked the question, what do you think about all these polls where it shows Trump losing to everybody? So we were just talking earlier before we get started about there's a poll in the UK that says the UK people actually believe that Hillary Clinton is going to come in and be the nominee over anyone who's currently in the race right now, which I I think there are a lot of Democrats who would actually still go that direction because they're not sold on anybody at this point and nobody's excited. Like no one has this, boy, I can't wait for this person to roll in there and just kill him. Yeah, but I think that happens once they get their nominee. So uh-huh. I There were a lot of people who were excited individually about Ted Cruz and some of the others before it was President Trump. Right. But then when it was him and he was the candidate, it was like one day everyone's kind of looking around and going, he won this? He's he's the nominee? And then the next second, it's like, he won this and he's our guy. He's our guy. People were buying Trump T-shirts, Trump tennis shoes, and then all of a sudden. And then it's okay, game on. Yeah, Yeah, it was like game on. So I see that happening for the Democrats for sure. But one of the issues that, that Trump had with the Republican nomination, at least going through the primaries. Trump wasn't conservative enough. That was the problem with Trump for a lot of Republicans. Because I know a lot of, oh boy, I'm well, St. Charles County. I mean, come on, we are, we are on the, the center of conservative, right? Span. So, but, but the big knock on Trump was he was too liberal. He's not a real Republican. He's a rhino. We need a, a hardcore Republican like Ted Cruz. 
On the Democrat side, they're racing to the other end of that. They're trying to see who can out-liberal the other person to do this, and they're painting themselves into this corner that I don't know how they get out of. I understand what you're saying about, and, and, and I appreciate where you're coming from, that Joe Biden is trying to protect these issues. But when Biden does interviews with people, Joe doesn't know what he's for from time to time, depending on what interview that he's doing. He does jump off to the left side, depending on what crowd that he's talking to. And the there was an article was about earlier. For him. There was there was an article earlier this week talking about the fact how depending on what crowd Biden Biden is talking to, he will take different positions on the issues, which used to be fine when he was a senator and he was just campaigning out in his area but in today's world everything's recorded everything is video just ask justin trudeau there's <laughs> pictures and, and audio of everything mitt romney's 47 percent. it it's going to come back to him at that point you can't straddle the fence that long and i'm wondering if if the left and i don't get the left i'm just straight up i i don't understand that whole mindset there but that hardcore left person is going to be able to come out and vote for a Joe Biden, or if they're going to pull another Bernie Sanders and say, you know what, you're just not my guy, I'm staying home, I still feel disconnected. Need to end it there. Stace, where do people find you? StaceyOnTheRight.com. And Megan? Meg Shack on Twitter. Nice, I like that. Mm. Mike, you want people finding you? Hey, you can go to Mike 